Riley Jensen, his voice like his dark hair was smooth and oily. I live near here. What's your excuse? I'm a guardian, he said. We're paid to patrol the streets, to keep humanity safe. I scrubbed a hand across my nose and half-wished, not for the first time, that my olfactory sense wasn't so keen. You only walk the streets when you've been set loose to kill, I said, and motioned to the club. Is that what you've been sent here to investigate? No. His brown gaze bored into mine, and an odd tingling began to buzz around the edges of my thoughts. How did you know I was there when I had shadows wrapped around my body? The buzzing got stronger, and I smiled. He was trying to get a mind lock on me. But he didn't have a hope in hell of succeeding, thanks to the fact that I was something I should not be, the child of a werewolf and a vampire. I was immune to the controlling touch of vampires. Hate to say this, Gautier, but you haven't exactly got the sweeter scent. I hesitated, but couldn't help adding, You know, you may be one of the undead, but you sure as hell don't have to smell like it. His gaze narrowed. You would do well to remember what I am. And you would do well to remember that I'm trained to protect myself against the likes of you. He snorted. Like all liaisons, you overestimate your skills. As much as I love standing here trading insults, I really want to know what's going on in that club. His gaze went to Vinny's. There's a vampire inside that club, he said. I know that much. His gaze came back to me, brown eyes flat. How do you know? He stinks almost as much as you do. His gaze narrowed again. One day, you'll push too far. I waved a hand at Vinny's. Are there people alive inside? Yes. So are you going to do something about the situation or not? His grin was decidedly nasty. I'm not. I blinked. Why the hell not? Because I hunt bigger prey tonight. His gaze swept over me and my skin crawled. There are five people alive in there. If you want to keep them that way, go rescue them. If not, call the directorate and wait. With that... He wrapped the night around his body and disappeared. My vampire and werewolf senses tracked his hidden form as he raced south. He really was leaving. Fuck. My gaze returned to Vinny's. I took the cell phone from my bag and quickly pressed the directorate's emergency number. When the operator answered, I gave them my details and told them what was happening. Help would be there in ten, they said. Those people inside would probably be dead in ten. I shoved the phone into my bag and strode across the road. Though I'd inherited a vampire's ability to shadow, I didn't bother using it. The vampire inside would know I was approaching. He'd hear the rapid beating of my heart. When I reached the pavement, I stopped and studied the metal doors. Though the urge to hurry was beginning to beat through my brain, I knew that was the one thing I couldn't do. I closed my eyes and breathed deep. Three different scents were coming from the left the vampire, and two others from the right. I blew out a breath and kicked off my shoes. Four-inch heels might be okay to party in, but they were shit when it came to fighting, at least on the feet. The heels actually made damn fine weapons, especially when they were made of wood, like mine. I tossed my bag into the corner of the doorway, out of sight. Then I stepped forward and kicked the door. It flew back with enough force to shatter the nearest window. Directorate of other races! I said, come out or face the consequences. 
You ain't no guardian, a soft, almost childish voice said. The voice came from the left, yet the unwashed scent was still coming from the right. Could there be two vampires? Surely Gaudier would have told me. Then I remembered his nasty smile. The bastard had known all right. I never said I was a guardian, and the rest of my statement still applies. The vampire snorted. Make me. Last chance, vampire. I stepped inside the club. The air to my right stirred, and I dropped. A shadow soared over my back, his stench so bad I almost gagged. The soft thump of his landing told me where he was. I spun and lashed out with a bare foot. The blow connected and the vampire grunted. Again, air moved. I twisted, whipping the spiked heel across the darkness. Felt it scrape across flesh even as a vampire held in pain. Movement caught my eye. The first vampire had climbed to his feet. He swung around to face me, his thin features contorted with rage. Not only youngsters in human terms, but youngsters in vampire years as well. But that didn't make them any less dangerous. He ran at me. I dodged, then swung the shoe, hitting his jaw with an audible whack. He howled and lashed out with a clenched fist. I leaned back, felt the breeze of the blow brush past my chin. The reek of unwashed flesh swamped me again. Not the scent of the first vampire, but the second. And he was approaching fast. I grabbed a fistful of the first vamp's shaggy brown hair and yanked him around into the second vampire's path. They hit with enough force to rattle my teeth, but it wasn't enough to knock either of them out. The first vamp somehow twisted around, his fist catching the side of my face. I hit the floorboards with a grunt, my shoes flying from my hands. Then the weight of one of the vamps hit, his body covering my length and pinning me to the ground. His stench flooded my senses as his canines lengthened in the expectation of a feed. He laughed, and suddenly all I could see was bloodied teeth slashing down. No way, you bastard. I forced an arm between us. His teeth slashed my wrist, and pain roiled, white-hot through my body. I screamed. The other vampire laughed, which only served to fuel my anger. Strength surged through my limbs, momentarily obliterating the pain. As the vampire sucked greedily at my blood, I thrust my free hand through his hair, grabbed a fistful, then yanked his head back, dragging his teeth from my arm. As he squawked in surprise, I clenched a bloodied fist and hit him in the mouth as hard as I could. Blood and teeth flew, and his squawk became a howl of agony. I bucked again and flipped him backward over my head. He landed with a crash on his back and didn't get up. One down, one to go. And that one was flying through the air, diving straight for me. I faked a blow to his head, then spun and dove for one of my shoes. He snarled in rage and leapt for me. I grabbed the shoe, snapped off the heel, then rolled out from underneath him and jumped upright. As he spun around to face me, I drove the spike as hard as I could into his chest. He moved and I missed the right spot. It didn't matter. He stopped abruptly and stared down in surprise at the flickers of fire erupting from the wound. That's when I dropped him. He hit the ground and didn't move. For a moment, I simply stood there, desperately battling to get some air back into my lungs. Then when I could breathe again, the pain hit. I took a deep, shuddery breath and called to the wolf that prowled within. Power swept through me, tingling through vein and muscle and bone, blurring the pain. Limbs shortened, 
shifted, rearranged, until what was standing in the club was wolf, not human. I remained in my alternate form for several seconds, panting softly, then began to shift back into human form. In changing, damaged cells were repaired. Wounds were healed. And while it generally took more than one shift to heal wounds as deep as the ones on my arm, one would at least stem the bleeding and begin the healing process. Of course, changing shape while clothed is never a good thing for the clothes, especially when they were as fragile as the lace top I was wearing. Once back in human form, I knotted the remains of the shirt together, then swung around, my gaze searching the darkness for the humans who were here. That's when the clapping began. I knew it was Gautier without even smelling him. You bastard, I said, as I turned to face him. You just stood there and watched? He strolled into the club. Only arrived back in time to see you shoving your shoe into the kid's chest. Interesting innovation, by the way. He squatted beside the vamp I'd spiked. Jack put out an all points to any guardians close to the area. He looked up. Imagine the luck, me being so close. Imagine, I thought sourly, and walked to the corner where Vinny and one of the waitresses lay. The big man had slashes across his arms, chest, and one cheek, but they weren't all that deep. His leg was twisted at an odd angle, and even in the dim light, I could see the white of shinbone. The woman hadn't escaped so lightly. Her shirt had been ripped open and her breasts deeply lanced. The vamps had suckled her, and from the look of it, they'd bled her dry. I squatted beside Vinny. His gaze, when it met mine, was distant, shocked. They followed me in when I opened. I didn't even see them.